When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Ben, we've got a, uh, a cool topic today that I think a lot of people, uh, this is going to pique their interest, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is a fascinating topic. I almost wanted to save it for Halloween, but I couldn't help myself. Well, you know, there's probably a lot more we can cover on Halloween, right? I sure. Mean, there's yeah. all kinds of scary stories around cars. But um, this comes from, uh, again, this is another one of the uh, mysteries, uh, myths and rumors revealed. You know, the automotive legend book that I received for Christmas uh, this last year. An amazing book, by Great the way. Great book. Uh, we're... we're grabbing a lot of different topics out of this thing and uh one of these well several of these have caught our attention uh this one it comes from uh i'll be honest ben this is a, a kind of a dark subject but it's uh it comes from the death chapter in mm-hmm. this in this book and uh it's about a uh a lady who is a uh she's a, a wealthy beautiful texas los angeles uh oil heiress socialite former model former model her name was uh, uh sandra Eileen Tara West. That's mm-hmm. her full name. Yep. And she went by a variety of these. You might hear us uh, refer to her as uh, Miss Sandra West or mm-hmm. Eileen West or Sandra West or however. But um, she it kind of depended on who knew her and how she was referred to. Right. Her her longtime friends would call her Eileen. Exactly. Now, there's there's something that uh, before we jump into this here. OK. Um, there's there's one little twist in this that i mean if you've read the title of this you already know what the twist is but um there's one little (laughs) twist in this that makes this story so compelling i think otherwise not ordinary but uh, not out of the ordinary either i mean that uh you know this this occasionally happens boy i'm I'm, i think i'm just stumbling over myself let's just get into the story how about that we'll uh all right cover it there well let's let's get into the story uh as the mad hatter said to alice we'll start at the beginning We'll go through the middle, and when we get to the end, we'll stop. Sounds very logical. I'm paraphrasing Lewis Carroll. I really think I got that wrong. All right. So as we said, Sandra Eileen Tara West, or Tara West, 
married a fellow named Ike West Jr. He's a San Antonio, Texas industrialist. Yeah, he's a, he's an oil magnet, this guy. Mm, he's um, young. Yeah, he's very young. This is, this is the crazy part about this thing is both of these characters very young in the story. Now, um, unfortunately, we don't know a whole lot about um, Ike West Jr., mm. but we do know this. We know that her husband died very young. He died at the age of 34, um, and that was in 1968. Um, and get this, in the book it says, not entirely explained circumstances. Yeah, so, out uh, in Vegas. Yeah, out in Vegas. So he dies of, of not entirely explained circumstances. That's unusual. And did you look into this some more? I tried to dig into it, and it was tough to find anything. There's really not a whole lot out there. I don't know if that's just because we're not going to the right source, if we're not going through, like, you know, the old microfiche uh clippings that are in the, uh, right. in the library or yeah. not. But uh, you know, if we had time to really dig into it, I bet we could find some more about this. Uh, but it, nonetheless, he dies very, very young He's at age 34. 34, and his wife was just a few years younger than him. Yeah, she was only 29 at the time. Mm-hmm. So she, she becomes uh, this very, very wealthy widow at age mm-hmm. 29. She's got two kids at this time. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, the, with everything that goes with this, she's, she's battling... Uh, they say loneliness, depression, depression, even some narcotics that are uh, presumably prescribed for narcotics, but, uh, you know, for depression, et cetera. Yeah, antidepressant um, stuff. Uh, but maybe some others as well, um, you know, just to cope with it. Um, but apparently, now this is, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. She really liked cars because she had, uh, quite a stable of cars, right? Yeah, she has a collection. There's a Stutz Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. And how many Ferraris? Uh, as many as three is what they say. Now, yeah. that's kind of unusual, but not unheard of for someone in, in her, I guess, class to uh, to um, have vehicles that no one knows about or maybe an unknown number because they're hidden behind gates and they're in you know sure. at separate locations. And, yeah. And she may have different houses here and there, mm-hmm. uh, but they say she may have had as many as three Ferraris at one time. Uh, but she did have one favorite, and her favorite was an early 1960s metallic blue Ferrari 330 America. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the Ferrari 330. What do you think? Yes, exactly, because uh, that was a pretty rare car, as a matter of fact, right? Yes, it is an outgrowth of the 250 GTE. Okay. So the 250 GTA is similar. It's got uh, a lot of things in common with some of the 3.0 Ferrari GT models. It's contemporaries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, one, I just want to point out one thing though. This is one of the uh, one of the cars that you know. To me, I've always looked at these cars as like a kind of a, a separate class of Ferraris. They're they're the uh, the four seaters. They're the two plus two Ferraris. So it's right. got two seats in the back that could seat some kids maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, two two seats in the adult in the front for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are the kind that look like uh, more sedans, more like you know the James Bond car era of. Of Ferraris, you know the uh, the sedan-looking vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, still beautiful. And by the way, Ben, this one, the three thirty America, which is what she had, right? Um, it had a four-liter V twelve that had three hundred horsepower. So that's a very strong car because it's a lightweight car at the time. Yeah, the two fifty, by contrast, only had a three-liter V twelve with two hundred forty horsepower. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a significant increase for mm-hmm. the America version, and that was branded by the or badged by the way. By Enzo Ferrari himself, who decided that you know the Americans they they liked more power, they wanted the big engines, <laughs> they liked this excessive, uh, you know, style, and they, he figured well, let's just brand you know up the horsepower, 
sell it in America under under you know call it the three thirty America yeah. and see how it sells. And uh, you know the funny thing is they only they only 50. made yeah they made fifty of these cars, mm-hmm. which is incredible. So so she has one of fifty. Mm-hmm. 330 Americas that uh, that were ever produced, even I don't know how many actually still or you know still around. I was looking for that number too. Yeah, I had a I had a tough time. There's a, there's some question there, but the it's it's it is funny because in a way it makes me think that Enzo Ferrari foresaw the supersizing syndrome that America has, like as a culture. He said, you know what? Let's just make it bigger. And faster, he totally supersized the Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know, and, and wasn't it him? Was it him who said uh, aerodynamics are for people that can't build engines? I think he's the one who said <laughs> yeah, that, right? I was just talking about this with a friend the other day at dinner, mm-hmm. and he, he had remembered the quote. He didn't remember who said it. I and, think uh, it was Ferrari because we we were talking about that in one of our earlier Ferrari. So shows, he so he was big in, into just building these extremely powerful engines and uh, and not so worried about aerodynamics at this mm-hmm. point. Although now look at the Ferraris are extremely. Powerful and aerodynamic, um, but anyways, we're getting. Oh, off oh yeah. That. So Miss West, she, uh, the young widow, is unhappy to say the least. Yeah, unhappy. I think it's fair to say uh, she loves her blue Ferrari three thirty America. And here's a strange thing, Scott. I don't know if you picked up on this as well. She is consistently revising her will. Yeah, but you know, I I thought that was unusual. But then I thought that you know somebody who's wealthy like this and has a lot of assets and always changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may be selling homes, maybe selling property, maybe buying property. That's a good point. I think that someone in her financial situation needs to do that all the time. Right. Um. You know, consider okay. different considerations. Like, oh, I forgot about this collection of jewels that I have that I would like to leave to mm-hmm. my one of my children. Uh, let me add that to my will, and that becomes an amendment. And then that causes confusion later on, and that you know we have to just check the dates, make sure that everything's accurate. But she Investments did change. Or she did amend her will many times. Uh, now her husband, remember, he died in 1968. Yes. Um, in 1972, she had her will amended to include a very specific burial wish that uh, that stood. Uh, through uh, through the end of time, I guess through you know yeah. her, her death really, uh-huh. um, because in November of 1976, that's when something awful happens to her. Yes, she is in a car accident. She is in a wreck with the Ferrari. Now the car is it has some damage, but this is not by any means total. The they say relatively minimal, so we could take that to mean maybe maybe as much as like uh, some body damage. Sure. Busted headlights. Yeah, sure. Not totaled, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, it must have really damaged her, um, Mm -hmm. because, um, she didn't fare so well because in early 1977, which is, you know, we're talking, man, I think it was like by March. Yeah. Um, so she's, this is ongoing for her. This is like a five month thing. So mm-hmm. she's, a, has injuries from this accident that and, are, and she seems to be recovering. Yeah. But... She is. She's still got a doctor who's watching over her. She's right. still got, um, nurses who are watching over her. She's also what they call heavily medicated at this mm-hmm. point. So, um, which is probably for pain. I would assume so. Yeah. So man, this must have been quite an accident for her. Um, you know, I don't know if there was probably not a seatbelt involved or anything at that time. Mm-hmm. Just guessing. That's why. And, and this takes us to March 10th, 1977. Yeah, exactly. And March 10th, uh, she just said she wasn't feeling well. I think she said her stomach was upset. Goes to bed, passes away sometime in the middle of the night. So here she is, age 37. You mm-hmm. know, this real, I guess I'll say flamboyant 
beautiful, wealthy, socialite heiress, yeah. passes away at a very early age. She leaves behind a couple of kids. Um, now, remember, in 1972, she had her will amended yes. uh, with this, this specific burial wish, which her family isn't finding out until just now. Yes, specifically, her brother-in-law, Sol West III, was charged with carrying out the last wishes of her will. So among these, you know, probably the normal things, there's usually a clause of something like, make sure that my executor of the will gets this allotted to these people and -and so-and-so in good faith. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other thing, um, which is really the turning point of our podcast here. We said that she loved this Ferrari 330 America. And you know, Scott, you know what they say when people pass away? They say, well, you can't take it with you. <laughs> yeah, that's right, except you could take part of it with you, maybe. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can at least make sure that no one else gets it. Yeah, exactly. So it, among her burial instructions, uh, she had noted that she would like to uh, be buried in her favorite Ferrari. This is the blue metallic Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, wearing a fa- her favorite evening gra- gown and sitting up in a what is it a comfortable, comfortable position in a comfortable position is how she stated it mm-hmm. so Very went, next to her husband by the way next to her husband in uh, was it San Antonio Texas i believe right uh yeah it's uh there at the Alamo Masonic Cemetery in San Antonio okay all right now before anybody gets any ideas we should uh, we should mention that you know this is definitely a sealed area i mean it's it's definitely uh it's it's monitored and and mm-hmm. watched over and you know the, the I don't know why we need to even say this, but we do, that uh, there were precautions taken with this burial that, you know, so for grave robbers, for people that, you know, thieves and scoundrels that would go there and say, hey, here's this in this newspaper that there's a freshly buried Ferrari right there. All I have to do is get that pesky body out of the way Mm -hmm. and I'm in. I've got this car, right? Which some people are not above. So here's what they do. They take the car with her in it, according to her specifications, in her, in her favorite evening dress, reclined in a comfortable position. They put it in a, the, the phrase you use is a large plywood structure, but it, if you look at the photos, it's pretty much a crate. Yeah, it's a shipping crate, really. Yeah, it's a shipping crate. They have to get a crane to drop it in, and then as soon as they drop it in, they pour in cement. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the second time that her body was interred. Did you know that? Yes, because while Sol West, who originally was attempting to not have to do this, while he was doing this, she was temporarily interred. Yeah, so she was buried once. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they they zoomed her, sorted out this whole thing with you know the will and what's going on. Because I'm sure that that was some you know like the, the family is probably shocked by this news that you know sure. yeah. why would why would she really want to be buried in this Italian sports car mm-hmm. that you know is part of her collection. Um, you know, I'm sure that they thought that was going to be part of the the uh, the estate, right? And not so much just that, but this is an unusual request. I mean, it's not it's not something that happens every day. Yeah, and it may not have even been an issue of the money or the value, economic value of the vehicle. It may have just been such an unorthodox thing. Now, you know what I heard? I heard that her will had some conditions for Soul West, and that she would leave him. Uh, he had some options. If he, really? yeah, if he followed through with this wish to bury her with the Ferrari, he would receive, I believe, it was around three million dollars. Oh, that's very interesting. But if he didn't, he would get around ten grand. Really? Okay. So, so that's part of the motivation. Well, you know, the other thing, just and just off the top of my head here, mm. with her changing her will often. 
the family probably wanted to make sure that the latest version of the will didn't have some correction to that. Absolutely. That, you know, oh, by the way, that 1972 thing, I was a little bit out of my mind at that point. Let's, yeah. uh, I just want a standard funeral. You know, that, that may have happened, but, um, now, obviously she wanted to be buried in the Ferrari. That was her, that was her last wish, and it was carried out. Yeah, and it, you know, this, uh, speaks very highly, I think, to, uh, Soul's character. Uh, that he he did do this. I mean, if it's somebody's dying wish. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, was boarded! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, that's that's a very profound thing. Yeah. And now, the, but with the caveat that there was also money involved, that, you know, he stood to gain, uh, you know, $3,990,000 more dollars by doing that, but... But I also agree with you that, you know, it was a very honorable thing for him to do this. He could have easily said, you know, no, we're going to just skip this and right. you know, let's let's work around this. Um, you know, the, the, 
it's funny. This is now that's the thing that kind of throws everybody for a loop in this is that she's buried in this Ferrari. Why take it with you? Why why would you try to take something like that with you to the grave? Sure. Why would you not um you know leave that behind as mm. as you know something that you can pass on to your family or or you know be sold for for monetary gain or you know for mm-hmm. for your estate to mm-hmm. just increase? Um a lot of people have a lot of questions about something like that. And that's what makes this particular Story very interesting. I think it, it. It you know it's absolutely true. I mean, it's oh one yeah, that, yeah. Uh, we should say that. That's I mean, the verdict. Yeah, the verdict on this whole legend thing is that it's absolutely true. There was a woman that was buried in a Ferrari, and this is her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go right to the gravesite today and see it. Um, now, remember, we we said that you know it was buried in cement. It was encased in cement in this you know this uh, the shipping crate and everything. It's been mm-hmm. underground now for thirty six years at this point. And we have some extra stuff we're going to tell you, uh, not to accuse anybody of being a would-be Ferrari grave robber, but we're going to also give you some information that might dissuade anybody who is considering this. Yeah, you know, one quick thing before I, and I yeah. don't want to forget this because I do want to get into, um, I want to, I want to hear what you have to say about that. Okay. I've got, a, I've got also got a couple of examples of other versions of this happening. Oh yes, and yes. I think that I need to say this, though. Like, if somebody has it in their head that they want to do this, and it's totally possible. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's it's all you it's have to legal. do is get this You in, can do it. completely legal. But there's some prep that you have to take ahead of time. Now, um, it's not a last-minute decision. No. I mean, just, just three quick points here is that, first of all, have it put in your will so that it's it's definitely something that they know is your wish, your, your dying wish. Right. Um, also, you have to buy four or five additional cemetery plots wherever you want to do this. Yeah, there has to be additional space. Yeah, there can't be just a standard uh, funeral plot that, that allows this to happen. I mean, it's just it's far too much space. Like, if you go to Sandra's grave today, mm-hmm. you'll notice that there's there aren't any grave, you know, headstones anywhere around her plot, mm-hmm. and that's because of the enormous size of this crate to house the Ferrari. Um, and that's common. You know, a lot of people have to buy four or five, six plots around them in order for, to make this happen. The last thing is that I think that your family should be notified ahead of time that this is going to happen. I mean, don't don't spring this on your family as like a surprise. It seems yeah. like something that would be uh, pretty shocking to most family members. But you can you could explain it to them in a way that that could be better handled than say the attorney at the will reading, mm-hmm. uh, letting them know that this is your last wish. Right. Especially, it, it's a considerate thing, especially when we think about the survivors of a family death. Yeah. Uh, they're already going through some immensely tragic things. Just my suggestion. I mean, if that's people know ahead of time that, you know, that's my favorite car, I want to be buried in that car, and people kind of mm-hmm. laugh about it, and like, no, really, and here's why. You can explain this to them, and, you know, over lunch or whatever you want mm-hmm. to do, and that's far, far better than hearing it for the first time in a lawyer's office. Yeah, and additionally, there may be some there may be some laws of which you're not aware. To our knowledge, it is legal to be buried in your car, but some states in in the United States, at least, there may be some environmental regulations about it. True. Uh, so do check with those. I wanted to say a couple of points here that might be a little bit philosophical. Now, first, it can seem bizarre to someone if they hear about this story for the first time. But the idea of being buried with something that meant a lot to you in waking life is a very, very old concept. It's ancient, right? Yeah, I think so. But usually it's it's something more along the lines of a, uh, you know, a favorite uh, doll or a trinket of some kind or, right. or coins or, you know, whatever it would be. A picture of a loved one. Yeah, something like that. Not uh, not necessarily the uh, the coffin itself, which is or the, the, the vessel itself, which is, in this case, a Ferrari. 
Yes, and uh, remember, oh, now I feel bad, the Chinese emperor who was buried with essentially a model army. Remember all the jade soldiers sure, and, yeah. and transportation? Uh, this is, historically, we're just saying this is, while uncommon, um, far from unique. Uh, the second point here is that she's not alone in being buried this way, is she? No, definitely not. In fact, there's a, there, there are many, many examples of this. And, and I've, I've been kind of looking through some old clippings and finding some stuff about this. Um, the earliest ones I found, actually, were a couple of, get this, Ben, a couple of Ann Landers clippings uh, from a newspaper from a long, long time ago, just wow. scans of newspapers that I found. Um one, I, I guess I'll just mention these real quickly. Um, okay. There was a guy named, uh, well, actually, the first one was from 1974. Uh, it was a guy from Oklahoma, and he mentioned that he wanted to be, bur- to be buried in his 1937 Dodge uh, mm-hmm. because and he said that it, you know, it gave him a wonderful feeling every time he looked at it. You know, it, was just, it had so many good memories attached to it. He was asking if he could do this, and because he had never heard of it prior to this point. Now, I remember uh, yeah. back in the days when you're writing, handwriting a letter to Ann Landers and waiting for it to appear in the paper. Right. Um, so he's wanting to know um, if in Oklahoma somewhere he could be buried in his 1937 Dodge. Um, you know, no casket or anything else, just lowered in. Of course, she said that's you know, check with your local authorities and see what you know what you can do. Mm-hmm. There's another guy um, also in Ann Landers, um, I guess, fan who yeah. wrote in and said. Uh, uh, there was a guy named George Swanson from Irwin, Pennsylvania, uh, who was buried in a 1984 Corvette that uh, was kind of like the, you know, like one of the nicest cars in town at the time. Right. Um, but it was just his ashes were displayed in the front seat, so it wasn't the full body. He was, it was his ashes cremated first, cremated first, then placed in the car, then the whole thing buried in a in a private ceremony. Um, so that that goes way back, and there's many, many others. Um, oh, uh, I have one that I thought was kind of neat. I sure. wanted to read it to you. Yeah. Okay, so this is from 2009. Uh, a fellow who was named Lonnie Holloway, 90 mm-hmm. years old, so he the life well lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was buried in the front seat of his 1973 Pontiac Catalina. Hmm. Okay. He wasn't. He wasn't just. That wasn't all of it, though, Scott. He also, per his request, had his hunting guns placed in the trunk and some extra cash. He had a hundred dollar bill put in his pocket. Really? Yeah. It re- reminds me of that. What's um? Why the guns? Uh, I guess he loved the guns. Huh. Okay. And uh, it's like the uh, St. James Infirmary Blues. You know, uh, if you're familiar with that old song where he says, "Bury me with a twenty dollar yeah. gold piece on my yeah. watch." You know what? My my great grandfather, I think when he was when he was dying, he asked my grandmother to put a one hundred dollar bill in his pocket. Wow. As as he was dying, he didn't want to die with no money in his pocket. It was one of his thing, like just his thing. He he because he was in a hospital or whatever mm-hmm. and had no money in his pocket at the time. Right. Just kind of a, a an odd thing about people. They just want to like they don't want to die what they consider to be penniless without a penny in their pocket. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's the I just found it in my notes. Here's one of the reasons, apparently, that he wanted to be buried, buried, excuse me, with his guns, Lonnie Holloway. Uh, 
He was known as the kind of guy to be styling and profiling, according <laughs> to his cousin Leela Dunn and another cousin, Johnny McLeod. I'm reading from the article here, said he was a unique individual. He said when he died, he didn't want to leave his guns here because somebody might take them and shoot somebody. So he took them with him. Oh, okay. So, so it was he, a humanitarian thing. It sounds like a noble. He's dude. making sure they don't fall into the wrong hands, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and also, like with uh, like we've seen with other car burials, uh, this had a concrete slab. Okay. This this grave had a concrete slab placed over it to keep looters from going after the Catalina, the money, or the guns. I imagine. I just can't imagine somebody doing that. But I know that I know that that's why they do it. Mm-hmm. Now, a 1973 Pontiac Catalina. That's a that's a big car. Um, <laughs> it's a weird picture. Too. All right. Here's another. Here's yeah. I got uh, two or three more of these. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Before I get even to these last two or three that I want to mention, um, a lot of people have been buried in caskets that look like cars. And I don't really count those as the okay. same thing. I was going to ask. No, I, like, I don't know if it counts. No, I don't think so either. I mean, and there's a couple of famous examples, a couple of gangsters that were buried. Uh, one guy named Maserati Rick. Uh, he was <laughs> he was a uh, he was actually he's a crack dealer from Detroit. He was that his Christian name, Maserati? A, I don't believe it was Ben. He was a uh, crack and heroin dealer from the streets of Detroit. Okay, and uh, he was. He was buried in a, uh, well, he was buried in a Cadillac that looked, now his name's Maserati Rick, but he was buried in a coffin that looked like a Mercedes Benz. And, uh, it was $16,000 for this thing. It was a silver coffin. Uh, looked, dressed wow. up just like a Mercedes Benz. Uh, another one, um, was, uh, another gangster, uh, a guy named Willie the Wimp. Uh, he had a cat, yeah, Willie I'm, I'm sorry to laugh at this. He had a, but uh, just as gangster names go, Scott. I know, I know. All He's right. a Chicago gangster and he had, um, not, a, not, obviously not a real Cadillac. He just had a, a coffin that also looked like a, a Cadillac. So, um, I don't, and there's, you know, a million examples of this, you know, like where someone will dress it up with, you know, exhaust pipes on the sides or flames yeah. or whatever. I don't really count that. This is a, uh, I mean, as far as being a, a car burial, yeah. I think that these people that we're talking about, like, um. Willie the Wimp. Yeah, Willie the Wimp and those guys, <laughs> you know, they, and Maserati Rick and those guys, yeah. they, uh, they, they did it in their own way, I guess. Well, it was it, their own dying yeah. Another thing that doesn't, that I don't think should count would be tombstones or headstones that are carved to look as though they are cars. Oh, yeah, I've seen that too. I, I, there are a lot of those. Or, I don't think they count. Or, um, accidental deaths. Like buried in mud type situations, okay. you know, or, yeah, uh, or earthquake or, or murder victims that are, that are buried in cars. Um, that's, you know, cause that was not, they weren't, they didn't request that. That wasn't, that was against their will. Yeah, that's um, not their wish. We're talking about people that this is their dying wish to be buried in this car Voluntary. for a specific reason. And, uh, there's one, now there's one, here's one that's an interesting one, Ben. Yeah. But I think a lot of people will come across this one. It's, her name is Donna Mae Mims. And, uh, she was actually just displayed in her in her car, and the reason she was was because it was a pink Corvette, mm-hmm. and the reason is because she was a um, she was the first SCCA female national champion way back in 1963. Wow! And uh, she's always driven these pink cars, you know, the pink Corvette. I think she had a pink Austin Healey or something like that. <laughs> um, always pink cars, uh, but it was her wish to be um, you know seated behind the wheel of her 1979 pink Corvette. Uh, just for visit- visitation only, she then had, you know, normal coffin burial, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that I want to mention, uh, just as an example here, is, um, and then I, you know what, I what? have one surprise later that's coming up, but I need to, I, I need to okay. make we'll sure save we get to. We'll save it for the very end. Exactly, the very end. But there's a, there's a good surprise coming. All right. Um, 
there's another one. Uh, her name was Rose Martin. And uh, I think you, you read about Rose Martin as well, right? With the uh, Corvair? Yeah, read a little bit about Rose Martin uh, buried with the Corvair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a 1962 Corvair. And uh, this one was kind of unusual. The, the casket was actually kind of car I don't know how to put this. It was it was slipped into the the Corvair itself. So she mm-hmm. wasn't seated behind the wheel like a lot of these cases that we that we read about. No, she was in a coffin that yeah. was put inside the Corvair. Yeah, the rear end was cut out of the vehicle so that it would fit. It was almost like a like a box around a box, really. I'll tell you, man, we just can't get away from Corvairs ever I, since we did that podcast <laughs> on them. I know it. I know it. And you've got some Corvair news too, right? As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to call this 
let's just let's start this segment and call it one more thing because Scott, you and I have always walked out of the studio since way back in the days of yore in two thousand nine. Feeling like we have more to add to our last episode, whatever we record. So I can pipe in later with my one more thing because I've got a surprise still. Yes, yes, okay. you got a surprise. We're Fair enough. It. Um, so we've got. Uh, I've, I have a subscription to Classic Car. I pay for it. They, you know, I'm not sponsoring them or they're not sponsoring me. And one thing that I love this magazine, but I just walked in. You, you remember earlier I said that we never got done. With the Corvair, we can't escape it since we've done this show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It always pops up. So since I've had this subscription to Classic Car, we've noticed a strange occurrence. We'll do an episode on something. It almost doesn't matter what. And then, lo and behold, in the next issue of Classic Car, it's on the cover. Now, of course, they are probably not checking out our show and writing this because these are pretty in-depth articles. But they wrote a great article about a former Goodyear test car, a 1969 Yenko Stinger, and how it's coming back. They they are kind of on our team here. They say it's hard not to root for the Corvair. No other American car embodies quite so purely the spirit of a true sports car in the European sense than Chevrolet's air-cooled rear-engine beauty. Uh, this is by a writer named Terry Shea. And what got me about this the one more thing I wanted to say is that we didn't really mention this in, this vehicle in our podcast. You know what? It was in my notes. The it Yanko, was in your notes? Well, the Yanko Stinger was one of about, um, I, I would say, half a dozen mm-hmm. specialty cars that uh, you know the, either the factory produced or someone else produced that is somehow historically you know, noteworthy mm-hmm. or histor- had historical noteworthiness. Because Don and, Yanko uh, built a lot of stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. And in fact, there's even... Um, yeah, boy, you know, I'm going to go way back here. Remember when we did our Can You Paint Your Own Car show? Yes, yeah, you yeah. Know, about the, uh, the $50 paint job or whatever? <laughs> yeah. The, one of the example cars that we see online all the time, it's a Corvair. Uh, the guy painted uh, something called Yanko Stripes on that car. And oh, yeah. Yanko Stripes have a very specific measurement, and that comes from the Yanko Stinger. So I don't know if it, I don't see it on that car there in particular that you've got, but uh, the Yanko Stripes, oh, there they there are. There they are. There they are. Okay. So yeah, the uh, the Yanko stripes have a very specific measurement that uh, this guy applied to his vehicle and made it look just like the original. So, uh, but I did have some notes about it. We just didn't touch on it. It's just one of those things that kind of escapes us. You know, yeah. we, we run out of time. We we sometimes you know we often run out of time. But we just wanted to let every Corvair fan know that we're aware of the Yanko sting- stingers. Uh, we wanted you to check out. The uh, issue of Classic Car, I know this sounds kind of like an advertisement, but you guys, it was a really good article. Oh, it's really good. You know, it's a Hemings publication, and uh, and I tell you, Ben shares them with me when he gets them. He (laughs) he reads them first. I get them. They're a little dog-eared, but but they're great. They're good. They're actually a good magazine, and again, we're not, you know, selling anything for them. It's just a really cool magazine. Especially, oh, man. All right. Anyhow. One more thing. And one more thing? Yeah, one more thing. I've got one more thing uh, that I would like to, uh, no, you know what? Two more things. I got two thoughts here. Let's How go about for this? it. All right, two more things. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm already changing skip, the rules. We're going to skip listening. I'm going to save my things. surprise to the very end. But I had another thought just now about uh, the, the car burial thing. What's that? Let's just say okay. this is kind of mean. Let's just say that uh, mean spirited. Let's say that you have a little bit of friction in the family, you know, and you're and it's you're kind of nearing your time, you know, the end of your time here on oh, Earth. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay. okay. Let's say that uh, you don't want to be buried in your car. Your car is, you know, not, you know, paid off or whatever. But uh, what if, Ben, 
What if you decided to go out to like an exotic car rental place, rent a car? Oh my god! And then have yourself buried in that rental car. <laughs> what would be the What would be the result of that? They would dig it up. I think I think so. I mean, you, if you're buried in a rental car that your family that you know you at the in your last days had all this friction, all this tension yeah. with, you decided like I'm going to stick them with a the bill forever. Oh my gosh! Don't get that's you, a devious thought. Nobody crossed Scott Benjamin. That's uh, you know I. <laughs> Just wondering what would happen if something like that. And uh, uh, the exotic I just threw in there at the last second, but uh, I was thinking it, rental car at first, maybe a minivan, something like that. But yeah, um, you have to be hmm. you have to be very very dedicated because the timing would be key. It really would. Wow, that's a plan that would be tough to uh, tough to lay. I wonder out. if someone's done. That. Okay, all right. All what's right. the so surprise? My, uh, my surprise we... for the end here. The, my one last thing. Well, let's have a drum roll first. All right, so. Back into the 1970s, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of a surprise. I think a lot of people are going to find this interesting. Now, remember, all this happened. She was very... Um, Sandra West. Sandra West was buried in 1977 in this Ferrari, right? Yes. Also in the 1970s, the late 1970s. In fact, 1978, to be specific, uh, there was another Ferrari that was buried, or actually that was dug up, um, that was part of an insurance fraud scheme. Oh, and uh, this one doesn't involve a body. This is just a just the vehicle itself. But there's a really interesting history behind this thing. Um, it's a dark green metallic Ferrari Dino 246 GTS. Oh wow! And it's a 1974 model. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful car. It's a really, really, really classic sports car line. Was it reported stolen? It was reported stolen. You know, the guy that bought it had bought it for his wife as a gift. You know, and um, had it insured for quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was found buried in a backyard of a Los Angeles home um, four years after it was built. I don't know exactly how long after it had been buried. I'll have to read the whole thing or dig yeah. into this. Uh, some kids found it. Uh, they were partying, you know, digging around. It was, I think it was near a pool or something like that. Oh, it was okay. in, the, in this backyard, but it's an incredible scene. There's yeah. a lot of photos of this thing coming out of the ground. The, uh, the crooks had, uh, I think they'd removed one of the emblems. They'd cut it out with a, a torch or something. Uh, they had thrown a couple of pieces of carpet over top of it, like that was going to protect it. <laughs> like uh, I don't know if the like plan... the kids were going to say, "Oh, never mind, well, it's just carpet." I don't, I don't know if the the thing is that you know they they were going to come back for it, or they were going to leave it there, right. or what? I mean, you just don't know what the 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 the, uh, the plan was behind this. And I think that the the guess is that you know, of course, aside from insurance fraud, you know, that the guy wanted the money for it, sure. paid somebody to have it hauled away, um, that the crooks probably didn't want to cut it up. They probably didn't want to just sink it somewhere or destroy it or in another other way, crush it or whatever. It was such a beautiful car. Uh, so they buried it with the idea that maybe they'd come back. And, and here's where kind of good luck and fortune stepped in. And that, that particular year, those couple of years, uh, there was a drought going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And the drought led to this extremely dry soil, which preserved this thing like a mummy. Oh, so it's not ruined. It's not ruined. This car is on the road. You can go look at this car right now. It's gorgeous. It's been re- completely restored. They it's got a new badge. Beautiful. Yeah, they got a new badge put in. And there's a YouTube video. Now, Jalopnik, uh, who's a, an auto blog site, yeah. um, they, they've got a complete you know, a write-up about this thing. They've got a 20-minute video online. And I'll tell you where this video is, because this is where it really pays off. You can see the thing in action on twisty roads in California. Um, and see original photos of this thing being dug up and the whole story behind it and how they traced it down. They did a lot of legwork on this story, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's their story, really. Um, but the YouTube video, if you want to search for it, uh, look for Mystery of the Buried Ferrari Dino Solved, and, uh, and you'll find the story. So again, it's about 20 minutes, totally worth your time, in, in my opinion. And I want to close with a question before we step out of here. Uh, Scott, what's your take on this? 
do you think that it's good or bad for people to be buried in their cars? Do you think it should be something that people are allowed to do? I think that if they want to do it, why not? I mean, it's... Uh, it's their car. It as is long their as they car. didn't rent it. I, I find it... I, I can't help this, Ben, but I find it a bit on the selfish side in that it, it you're taking something with you to the grave that you could hand off to a family member somebody else that could also enjoy it because you've clearly enjoyed it for your life i mean that was your your thing right you're no longer able to enjoy that why not pass it on to somebody else that that can make new memories with that vehicle i see what you're saying but also what if someone like in the case of mr holloway uh what if someone doesn't have any family true and i don't i know i don't know if he had immediate descendants or something but i mean clearly he had cousins but if you don't have any family and if you are trying to go, if you want to somehow be associated, even in your mind, even just as you're making the will, with things that give you comfort in such a, a strange and new time. Oh, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I as don't find... long as you own the car, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not my rental car plan. <laughs> yeah, the as long as you own the vehicle and it's your last wish and, and you know, you, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with this, really. Rental scams with Scott you know, Benjamin. That's what I hear a lot, of, a lot of, just... Yeah. Another side note, a yeah. lot of bikers, I guess, are buried with their yes. with their bike. A lot of Harley riders are. A lot of motorcycles are also just, are buried with their riders, yeah. Just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a little bit easier to bury that than it is to bury a, a full car. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, strange that people want to take all this with them. It's just an interesting thought process. Yeah, and it's one that, you know, of course, we, we couldn't judge. I don't know if I would ever do it. Unless I, maybe I'm just waiting to meet the right car. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. So uh, let us know what you think about these sorts of car burials. We know it's a a little bit morbid, uh, but we would love to hear your take. Do you live in a town where there are cars in the cemetery? Yeah, because this happens. And it's not always reported. You know, people, it could just be a local story that, you know, people know about. Yeah, and you can also check out some of our earlier episodes. We have the one about the uh, the Corvette graveyard. Yeah. And uh, we have all sorts of interesting stories about what happens to cars when people are no longer driving them. So uh, give us a holler, write to us on Facebook, drop us a line on Twitter, or you can always send us an email at carstuffatdiscovery.com. more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.